Hello everyone, this is Miss Huff. I will be covering heart failure with you. So heart failure, what is heart failure? Well, heart failure is also known as pump failure and it just means that your heart is no longer an effective pump. It can be caused from a number of acute or chronic cardiac problems. If you will look in your text at table 35.1, you will notice some common modifiable and non-modifiable causes and risk factors for heart failure, which include hypertension, cardiomyopathy, obesity, family history, dysrhythmia, sleep apnea, smoking and tobacco use, or cardiac infections, just to name a few. But just take a look at those to familiarize yourself with those as they are important. So like I said, heart failure is a common chronic health problem. It does lead to many hospitalizations because of acute episodes of heart failure. It can be life-threatening. This is especially true if you have a patient who does not take their medications like they're supposed to or if the medicinal uh, treatment that the doctor has prescribed does not work well for that particular patient. Most heart failures do begin with left ventricular failure, but lead to failure of both the right and the left ventricle. You do have four stages of heart failure. Uh, stage one is the patient is high risk for developing heart failure. Stage two is there are cardiac structural abnormalities that can lead to heart failure or remodeling with no signs and symptoms of heart failure. Stage three, you have a current or prior symptoms of heart failure. And stage four is what we call end-stage heart failure. Now, there are some compensatory mechanisms that come into play um, when a patient has an ineffective pump, something that the body does in response to the heart not pumping blood effectively. So what does happen when a person's cardiac output cannot meet their body's demands? These compensatory mechanisms begin working to improve that patient's cardiac output. There are four that we'll talk about here. They are the sympathetic nervous system, the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone um, system, the myocardial hypertrophy, and other chemical responses. So first we'll look at the sympathetic nervous system stimulation. This is an immediate response. Um, it causes your heart rate to go up, your blood pressure increases in response to adrenergic receptors being stimulated. With increased heart rate, what happens? Well, your cardiac output is going to increase. However, this increase in heart rate is limited in its ability to improve decreased cardiac output. If your heart rate's too fast or very rapid, then there is less time for the ventricles to fill and the cardiac output may begin to decrease over time. Increased heart rate will also greatly increase the myocardium's demand for oxygen. The stroke volume is improved by increasing venous return to the heart. Increased venous return is going to dilate or stretch the myocardial fibers, which then can allow for more forceful contraction, which thereby increases your cardiac output and stroke volume. However, after a certain point, the stretched out cardiac muscle is not able to increase the cardiac output or improve the force of contraction. Arterial vasoconstriction also occurs with sympathetic stimulation. Again, you have increased 
blood pressure, and this helps maintain the blood pressure and improve tissue perfusion throughout the body. But increased vasoconstriction increases the afterload or the resistance or the force that the heart must pump against, which causes another problem in patients with heart failure. Renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system is activated. This occurs as a result of decreased renal perfusion. This leads to increased vasoconstriction as a result of angiotensin II and aldosterone, which, as you already have learned, causes sodium and water retention. And for heart failure patients, this is not good. It increases the preload and afterload. Angiotensin II leads to ventricular remodeling, which can cause cardiac cell contractile dysfunction. So they're not going to pump like they're supposed to pump. Three, your myocardial hypertrophy. So the myocardium um, is stretched or enlarged at this point. The heart walls are thickened because the heart needs something to help produce a forceful contraction. So the heart walls thicken to produce that forceful contraction so that the cardiac output can increase. For your other chemical responses, um, this would include your immune responses like your pro-inflammatory cytokines like the tumor necrosis factor and interleukins. They're both released with left heart failure, uh, which lead to ventricular remodeling. Your B-type natriuretic peptide or BNP, become familiar with it, BNP is produced and released by the ventricles when a patient has an overload of fluid as a result of heart failure. So low cardiac output is going to equal decreased cerebral perfusion, which causes the posterior pituitary to release what? ADH. Well, we all know that ADH causes vasoconstriction and fluid retention, which in the case of heart failure makes it much worse. Endothelian is another Chemical response that occurs is a potent vasoconstrictor, which is secreted following the stretch of endothelial cells. Each of these mechanisms increase the heart's demand for oxygen. When the heart's demand for oxygen is used up, then you begin to see the signs and symptoms of heart failure. So review all of these to familiarize yourself with just the basics of heart failure, and we will move on to the three different types of heart failure in the next little subsection. Thank you.